so uh, you guys, a lot of folk will recognize you from being around Windsor already, but they may not necessarily know too much about you. So tell us a little bit. Uh, start off with Daniel. Great. Is this? Oh, it is on. Great. So I'm Daniel Stroke Dan. I left for, left for uni as a Daniel, came back home as a Dan. So it's hard for my parents to be with them. Um, yeah, so I graduated from University Durham in June, came back to Northern Ireland, and I'm now working for Tear Fund on their youth and student team for a year. And what was the question? Who, what do I do? That sort of yeah, thing? About yourself. About myself? Yeah. Yes. So work for Tear Funds. Currently, there's a year. And then after that, a little bit more of a question mark, but long term, would love to work in that sort of international development field and hopefully work overseas looking to alleviate poverty. I think in your little notes for this question, you want us to tell about our story of faith, how I became a Christian. So I guess I grew up in Windsor, um, so I probably recognize quite a few people in the room. Um, don't massively remember a time not believing that there was a God, but when did Jesus become more than just chases after church is probably the more pertinent question. <laughs> and that was aged 11 at an SU camp. A uh, leader sat me down, we had a chat, and I asked him questions and heard about this thing called a personal relationship with Jesus, and it was that evening that I became a Christian. So that's probably the biggest point of the story, and that's me. Great. Excellent. Charlotte? Um, hi, I'm Charlotte Moore. Um, my parents are Stephen and Emma Moore, um, and I've been coming to Windsor for, I actually... I don't know why I started that sentence, I don't know how long I've been coming to Windsor. Um, <laughs> but um, I've grown up in a Christian home, which is obviously a huge privilege. Um, and I'd say that there's not really been a time in my life when God hasn't, you know, been there or um, at least kind of um, been present as an idea in my life. But I guess that I really started to live intentionally for Christ when I was around 15 or 16. Um, and yeah, this year I've just finished school and this year I'm doing an internship in Newcastle upon Tyne in England, um, working with Crosslands, um, which is a theological training and I help with their media team. Um, but I'm really involved in a church there and um, next year then I'll start university. So yeah, that's me. Great. Okay, um, I'm Leah. Um, I'm 18, I go to Strathern School, um, I'm doing my A-levels, um, I've been coming to Windsor I think since I was maybe about 12, and uh, yeah, same as the others, I've um, grown up in a Christian home, um, when I was six I been, became a Christian, but um, same as Charlotte, it probably wasn't really until secondary school that I started intentionally living as a Christian, um, I'm currently hoping to go to university um, to do primary school teaching, so I'm just waiting to hear back from uh, that, and yeah, that's that. Brilliant, great. It's just good to hear a, a little bit about yourselves. Uh, you guys, so I've done a little bit of research, you guys uh, were all born within four years of each other, so 96 through to 2000, uh, so that makes you part of Generation Z. Uh, they have labeled you guys. Uh, <laughs> And lots has been written about Generation Z of recent. Uh, so you're the first generation to grow up not knowing life without the internet, uh, Google, YouTube, iPhones. Uh, your generation is more globally connected, more globally aware. You've got information at your fingertips like never before. 
Uh, yet, the trends are showing that there's uh, increasing issues around loneliness and depression, anxiety, mental health, gender, identity, consumerism, addiction, the list goes on. Uh, and so can you guys tell us uh, what it's like uh, growing up, seeking to follow Jesus in a time and a culture that is totally different, radically different from in the, the time and culture that we have grown up uh, in? Um, yeah, I think today's society is quite um, self-pleasing. It's kind of a mentality of, um, you know, do whatever makes you happy type of thing. And um, of course it is important to like look after yourself um but people kind of um don't have a focus on god at all it's just do whatever you think's best for yourself and um so people do find it quite strange whenever you say whenever you don't go places or say certain things um because you're a christian they will kind of um question you on that um they'll try to make you question what is that all for and uh sometimes you can if you're being honest, you can kind of question it yourself. Um, what is this all for? Um, so a verse that helps remind me what it's all for is Isaiah 40, verse 31. Um, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not um, be faint. So that just kind of um, reminds me of why I am trying to take a stand in the world. Um a, quite a pivotal moment for me, um, which brought me closer to God. Um, and I've touched on this earlier, is why I don't go certain places. So um, obviously I'm upper sixth and I'm leaving school. So um, for those who don't know, there's a thing called leavers where everyone, um, it's kind of just a night where everyone, it's just everyone goes out um, to a club. So I was kind of contemplating, should I go or not? And in my head I was thinking, well, it's leavers, everyone goes, that type of thing. Um, but after reading the Bible and praying about it and talking to my parents and Christian friends about it, I decided that um, personally for me, it just wasn't the best place to be. But um, obviously it's human nature that I was sad and felt like I was going to be missing out because I was literally the only person that wasn't going. Um, <laughs> but uh, God answered my prayer um, because whenever I said to my friendship group that I wasn't going another um, girl in the group who's also a Christian that then kind of encouraged her to take her stand as well and she said I, I won't go either um, and she'd been thinking along the same lines but had just been hadn't had the courage to say so because she felt she would be the only one um, so this was just an example of how um, the world has changed and Christians in this generation have the new struggle more so than my parents' generation would have of going out to clubs and that type of thing. Um, so the world has changed, but um, God's care for us will never change, um, even when the world does. Feel free to add in. Yeah, I was thinking about this question. I was thinking how, um, in you know, following on from that in a similar way, like our generation seems really concerned with um ourselves and then also how we're perceived by others um and i know that part of that for me my experience has probably just been like my personality but also i think social media has played quite a big part in that um and i think when, like when i'm looking back i'm really just grateful for how god has helped me to see um 
myself as as made in his image and not there to like for other people's approval or um and just yeah help me to focus on him um and not to get caught in some sort of like um bubble online where everything just seems so intense and so focused on yourself and how you look and um how you speak and what other people think about that it's just really nice to know that um you're made intentionally and you're loved and you're created and you don't have to you can just be free from all those things that the world is saying, but yeah, that's definitely been like the major struggle for me. Keeps coming back and then, yeah. Thanks, yeah. I love that I've been brought into that generation. I was leading at a camp last summer. It was a leadership training one and I was leading a small group and they were praying for their leaders at the end. And one of the guys was like, Lord, we thank you for Daniel who was raising up this next generation. The guy was four years younger than me and I was raging. So... <laughs> So good that I'm part of Generation Zs. I think very similar to what Charlotte was saying, I think our generation are really good at branding themselves. We can put out what we want on social media and just in general life, we portray a certain image that we think others want to see in us. And thinking about how that culture of branding yourself comes into our Christian culture, it can be so dangerous because it is so easy to portray this image of, I am living my life entirely for God, but that can be entirely surface level. It's easy to show up on a Sunday and portray that. It's easy to show up on your social media with a verse, but actually, where is your heart at? Where is your time when you're alone with God? And I think that's a real struggle for our generation, certainly one that I've found. Great, that's very helpful. Uh, and I'm so aware for you and for others in your generation, Growing up in this time and culture, there, there are so many incredible opportunities for you guys, like probably like never before. Ability to travel, learn, grow, uh, connect with people from different places, different cultures, uh, alongside those seriously concerning challenges that kind of we've mentioned already. Uh, and much of the research up to this point is indicating that, uh, or is suggesting that friends uh, out of all the other influences, friends uh, takes top spot as an influence uh, day to day uh, for your generation. So how do friendships play a part? Uh, do they help hinder uh, you in your growth with God? Um, yeah, um, thinking about this has been really, it's been on my mind a lot this year as I've kind of like moved, left school and then moved away. It's been kind of, yeah, major. Um, and yeah, when I was younger, I definitely had uh, some unfortunate and quite discouraging friendships. And I think that it's still a process for me and God's teaching me how I can um, really love others and invest in them, but also kind of take care of myself and realize who I am and what I'm worth as well. Um, but yeah, um, my current friendships, it's been really, really just so great this year as I've moved away to see who keeps asking after me and who's praying for me at home and who's just taking an interest in what I'm doing and like phoning me and it's just really great to see um, the people in my life who really care about me and um, it's also just been fantastic to meet new people and make new friends and I think the the best thing is that um, going to the church that I go to if I'm in a home group with and it you know a really diverse group of people who all different ages and experiences and yet I don't feel like I'm the youngest person there even though I am 
So I'll like sit on the metro for 40 minutes with a 47 year old woman and talk about all the things that we have strong opinions about and like the things that we find funny and it doesn't seem strange. And I think that's a really interesting kind of light to other people because um, people will ask, you know, how come you have, you know, how come you have an older woman there that you can like ask those questions to and um, get that information from? Um, and then it's a really good way to say, you know, like I'm a Christian and like this is my, this is my church family. Um, and then as, as well, I think just like assurance of, as I've grown in my assurance of God and who he is, I grow in my assurance of um, who I am um, in him, which just, yeah, again, like it just frees me to um, be friends with people without worrying about that. So it's really helped me because this year I've been in, um, in, uh, volunteering at a student cafe for international students. Um, and I think I've just been quite amazed to see how easily I bring up Jesus in a conversation because it's what I want to talk about because it's like my life. <laughs> um, and I just, that wasn't really, that wasn't true of me a year ago. And it's just really exciting to see that be true. And it's really cool to have friendships with people who are just so different and ask really challenging questions and completely like shake up your faith <laughs> and you have just no idea what to say. And it's really good to just still see that you have so much in common with those people even though their whole life's been completely different and yeah it's just like um, an exciting stage I think in terms of friendship so yeah um yeah I think having Christian friends is really important I think that's why I value Clay so much um especially in small groups just having a small group of girls that are the same age as me and I know or going through the same type of stuff in school. It's just really beneficial to have um, even once a week or, um, you know, a couple of times a month just catching up and praying for each other. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's really beneficial. And also having um, Christian friends who hold you accountable for things is really beneficial and just giving them your prayer points and just knowing that there's a group of people that are um, constantly praying for you. Um, and obviously part of life is also having non-Christian friends um, and some of my closest friends would be um, not Christians in my in my um, friendship group in school um, but I feel like it's kind of they know that I'm a Christian and I know that they're not and we kind of just let that happen and they just respect my beliefs and I respect their beliefs because a lot of them would be um, atheists or things but it's kind of just hard to make that step into just trying to talk to them because it's quite a sensitive topic. So I'd like um, I'd like to be able to do that because I'm, I'm open about my faith with them, um, but it's kind of just more of a they respect it and I respect it and nothing kind of ever comes of it. So that would be good to do. But yeah, I think it's just good to have um, a good mixture of Christian friends and non-Christian friends as long as um, people respect your faith. I think it's always really difficult if you have people that you think are friends and then if you do something or say something and you feel judged for that so I think it's good as Charlotte said to you know surround yourself with um people who will just make you feel good about your faith so yeah yeah I think what I'm gonna say might be potentially a bit more controversial but it's maybe on the the struggles of having Christian friends. Sometimes I think my experience from school to uni was school. I was surrounded by Christians. Uni, I was overwhelmingly surrounded by non-Christians. In school, I could float by 
I was rarely called out on anything because my Christian friends, they, oh, he's a Christian, it's fine. And we had a very surface level relationship where we didn't talk about those issues that we have with faith. Whereas I came to Durham and my closest friends were heavily into drugs, into drinking. Two of my best friends, Pippa and Matt, told me openly that they didn't really like Christians. I was okay. I was the exception from the rule. But I was then surrounded by people every single day that didn't know Jesus, that didn't really want to know people who knew Jesus. And then there was this almost pressure put on me or a sink and sink or swim type thing that every decision that I made, every choice that I made in my day-to-day life had to reflect Jesus. It had to reflect Jesus because if I didn't, then they would call me out in it and they would say, well, that wasn't what you were preaching. That isn't what you're telling us that you believe. And I think that was really good for me. I stopped being kind of apathetic or a kind of just a cruise along Christian. I had to be really active, really intentional. And I don't think I ever shared my faith more than when I was with my non-Christian friends. So, yeah, not always bad. Great. That's really interesting. A kind of level of accountability brought through from not yet Christians. It's great. Uh, so thinking a little bit more around shaping influences, thinking about spiritual disciplines, holy habits. Uh, when your generation, Generation Z, uh, was asked in a recent survey about faith-shaping practices, uh, so such as Bible study, prayer, fasting, silence, solitude, so on, uh, a large percentage say they struggle. Uh, so we can probably understand that. Most would stick up their hands and say that they pray daily and yet struggle to read the Bible monthly. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty uh, harsh stat. Um, and so what's your experience uh, growing up? What, if any, uh, of the spiritual disciplines played a part in your teenage years? What did that look like? Uh, how has that changed over the years? And what kind of impact have they had on your, your faith? I realize that's about three or four questions thrown into one, but... Uh, talk to us about spiritual disciplines. Yeah, nerve-wracking as well, following David's series, and he's yes. sitting there, so I have uh-huh. to like do this one justice. Um, you know, I think as I was kind of alluding to you earlier, it's really easy to talk the talk, and I think our generation are really great at talking the talk, but how much is that actually impacting what we do? Um, I'll maybe pick up on the what's changed. So as an early teenager, my Bible reading was unreal. I, it would be rare if I missed a day, even if I got in at one or two in the morning, I would be reading the Bible and I would be praying. I kind of, I was thinking this through and it was like Bible in a year-itis. There was like the time where the Bible in the year, the E100 was all the rage and I was doing that and I was like trying to smash through as many books as possible and I was doing well. And then after you would close the Bible, you'd done your three chapters and then you'd pray, you'd send up your little list and that was my holy habit. That was my spiritual walk. And actually, that was, it was good. I was reading the Bible, but there wasn't much heart in it. I wasn't reading the Bible because I wanted to learn or grow or change. I was reading it because I wanted to show God, prove to God that I was reading it, if that makes sense. I was ticking a box, and then my prayers were ticking the box to make sure all my little worries were getting sorted. So that was maybe early teenage years and then we moved to later teenage years and that discipline went 
It was sporadic. Sometimes it was good, but you know what? Most of the time, it wasn't great. And that also wasn't good because I could definitely notice and see that I started to move away. I was a bit more spiritually lukewarm. It's a dangerous word to use, but that's probably where I was at. Um, so I remember it's not specific challenges, but what's kind of changed in recent times. The first is there was probably 10, 20 sermons aimed directly at me. God saying, you need to get back on reading your Bible and you need to actually delve into that. And that's still continuing. And I have to honor and thank David for talks, particularly on journaling and meditating because they were big for me. To go slowly through a passage has been a real change for me. So in recent times, that's what I've been doing, like literally the same chapter for days upon days, just to take the depth of the learning from that. And then the second thing was my prayer life. I remember being in a conversation and these two other people who were the main parts of the conversation were like, I can't believe some people don't just like spend half an hour just praying to God. And I was sitting there, I don't do that. So it's not something I do all the time, but it's something that I've found really helpful is just taking half an hour of quiet. And if you've got half an hour, you run out of things to list off. So actually you need to start praising God for who he is. You need to start listening to him. You need to go deeper in your prayer life. And I think with that, that has helped me grow massively. I haven't touched on all the different spiritual disciplines, but I do know there's others, David, more than prayer and Bible reading. But I'll pass over the mic. Yeah, I think the main, the major thing for me has been gratitude. Um, I noticed with the help of others quite a few years ago that I have a real tendency to like, like throw myself into sadness and just be miserable, <laughs> um, which isn't great. So um, I had to kind of make an intentional decision to be thankful and to just notice things. Um, and recently I got a comment that I was being really irritating because I was being really positive about everything. And I was like, yes, because like, um, that's just such a change from like how I used to be. And I think it's been one of the hardest things I've had to do, kind of like change my whole mindset. And now I just feel like it is so, um, it's so great. Cause I, I don't really remember a day in the past few years where I haven't like at least ended it by thanking God and being just thankful. Um, and even if it's just like little things throughout the day, I, I intentionally notice them and I feel thankful. And that's just, that's a real gift because I, I know that it isn't me. It's, it's God that's helping me to, to do that. And then I think um, in that as well, another thing that I've just found so important is community. Because um, I think when you read the Bible, um, you can't do anything that the Bible says by yourself. It's all one another, love one another, and that's the that's the great commandment. So I think the most major thing to me when I think about being a Christian is um, doing it as a body. Um, and I've just seen that like um, through Windsor and then through um, my experience in Newcastle as well, how, how important it is to just share life together and walk together. And um, even if it's just like doing practical things for each other, um, and going around to someone's house and like helping them unload their dishwasher. It's like um, just doing everyday things and recognizing that we're all struggling, um, but also that we're all like um, receiving the joy that, that we can receive. Um, it's just great. And it's really good to be able to tell the gospel to other people and be reminded of it yourself when you, when you need it. So, yeah. Um, I think for me, mine, I, my mind kind of went to um, worship. Um, 
I love music and I love singing and well what it used to be um it would kind of some of my favorite worship songs would just be my favorite because of you know they have a catchy melody or a nice voice or a nice instrumental like Daniel said um just standing in church and worship would start and it's just like ticking off a box just standing up and singing sitting back down and not really thinking about um the lyrics or why why we actually do it um and I'm not sure what really changed I guess it was probably just maturing in my walk with God really um there wasn't really a pivotal moment but um I've now kind of I'm teaching myself to really listen to the lyrics and and why do we worship we don't just worship for nothing in church we don't just stand up and do it for nothing it's all for God's glory um and if you really listen to the lyrics um one of my favorite worship songs is death was arrested um and one of my favorite lines is our savior displayed on a criminal's cross a darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost but then Jesus I can't read my handwriting. Then <laughs> Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. So even just listening to those lyrics, I was listening to that song whenever I was preparing this and I was like, Wow, like whenever like it's so easy to take worship songs for granted and worshipping in church. It's just something that you do at the start of a service and it can be easy to kind of just go on automatic pilot and just stand up and sing if you know it well. But when you really listen to the lyrics, it's just like, wow, like you're just remembering. It's just taking you back to what Jesus did for us, especially that song. So it, I guess it's just changed over time. It's became more meaningful to me, just the lyrics. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Uh, we've talked about friendships already uh, tonight and we're well aware of they plus relationships in general, I guess, uh, can be such a, a source of great joy, of blessing, all of that, but at times real heartache and pain, uh, hurt, uh, and that heartache, hardship uh, is part of the reality of living in a, a fallen world. There's kind of fractured relationships, flawed communication, uh, our own rebellion in that, and we each experience the effects of the fall in different ways through sickness, loss, worry, uh, doubt, failure, uh, disobedience. Can you guys relate to any of that? And if so, how have you kind of processed the wrestle or the, the heartache that comes along with with that sometimes? Yeah, so um, whether it's like loss of a family member, a loved one, or not getting results you want, I sometimes find it hard um, to stay um, positive sometimes, especially when, when people love to question you and say, well, if God loves us so much, then why do so many bad things happen in the world? And that's a really challenging question, and I do find that quite hard. Um, and I remember a few years ago um, losing two family members um, in the space of about four months, so that was really difficult. And I didn't think in my head, I'm going to push God away, I'm angry and bitter. It just kind of happened. Um, it's really hard to stay in touch with God and want to worship him and love him whenever in your head you're thinking why would you do this why would you make me and my family and everyone on earth sad and why would you take away two of your children why would you do that so it's I wasn't in my head thinking I hate you God I don't want to ever talk to you but it just kind of was hard to stay in touch um but for me it's just really amazing even telling this story thinking about 
um, the little things that God um, does just to talk to you. Um, so I remember um, being at my granny's um, house and she had this coloring book that she colors in uh, verses and um, the page was open. I remember seeing um, Psalm 30, verse 5. Um, His favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And I just looked at it and I was like, whoa, that is God literally giving me a sign right now. Um, so this first just touched me that um, obviously it was heartache and it was heartbreak right there. And I was upset, um, but knowing that joy will come whenever we um, go to heaven and we'll be reunited with every person that we've ever lost. Um, so that just really helped remind me that joy is found in the Lord and just to always look up and just think things can be hard on earth and they will be hard on earth, but you're always just remembering what is this for and it's always for God. So I guess just that really helps and that does help still um, in hard times. So yeah. Yeah, just like following on from what Leo's saying there, like um, it is, it's hardship is a symptom of our brokenness, but it's also there for a reason. Like God knows us so um, well and he does everything for our good, even when it feels awful. Um, I was talking about this with my friend um, a few weeks ago because we were talking about giving your testimony and how. Um, you know, sometimes certain snippets are, are kind of more important than starting at the beginning and going to the end. Um, and I was thinking about how, like, last year, I um, didn't get into the university that I wanted to go to, and I just thought, like, my life was over. <laughs> like, I was so sad. And it took me ages to, like, get over it. And then I was talking to my friend, and I was like, that's going to be in my testimony. Like, that's going to be one of the things. And I think when you encounter a hardship and you can have that thought, like, I know that God has placed this so that later on I can use it to glorify him. And he He shows us how good he is by kind of making us see how bad, you know, everything that isn't him is. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's encouraged me because um, it's taken me a while to kind of have a good perspective on, on hardship like that. But, um, yeah, that's the main thing that he he does use it to grow us and to love us, really. Yeah, I'm not convinced I have much more to add than that, other than probably two of the really great things in my life came from two times where I remember crying, and I don't cry very often. One was a relationship breakdown, and actually that meant I could spend time with friendships and push into non-Christian friends who likelihood is they'll never have another non-Christian friend, and that was God directing me. And the second is missing out on some job opportunities, and actually now I'm 100% 100% where God wants me, working with Tear Fund with young people. It's the absolute dream. But if you ask me back in September, why is God letting all these other job opportunities pass me by? I was like, I have no idea. What are you playing at? I'm trying to serve you, but you're not letting me. And actually, he had this for me. So probably just remember that God's got something for you. And actually, he's if you're seeking him, you're not going to exist outside of what he wants. And even in the hardship, that is still what he wants for your life. So just echoing what these guys have said very wisely. Great. Great. Uh, conscious of time, we've got about five minutes at a push, uh, and we've got three questions. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to do them all. Uh, so, uh, growing up in church, you guys have been about Windsor th- three, four, five years at least, if not a lot longer. 
It's been a privilege and a joy for me to kind of watch you guys genuinely, watch you guys grow, mature in your faith uh, over those years. How has what happens here in Windsor impacted that faith, uh, helped you love God, love others every day? Um, I think the first thing I think of is like Sunday morning preaching. Thank you, David. Um, it really helped me to actually want to read the Bible and um, want to know God more and be kind of, yeah, I was just like interested and captivated and it helped me to um, shape my, my worldview and um, think about how, why I do what I do and what motivates me and why I believe what I believe, not just what do I believe. So that's been really important to me. And then I think um, another major thing has been through clay. Um, I kind of recognized that um, that um, when, I, when I was younger, faith was sort of like my family, like that was just what we did. And then it became a personal thing. And then through clay and having a space where um, me and my closest friends were all talking about the Bible and talking about God, it helped me to see that it wasn't, it was kind of both of those things. It was a corporate thing and my faith was personal and all the struggles and the doubts and the fears as well as the joys um, were, were real to me and they were also real to all of my friends and kind of helping, that really helped me to be able to pray for them and be a good friend to them, I hope, um, because I was able to see that um, faith and what you believe about God and how you feel about him is like the most important thing in your life, whether or not you actually do, if you know what I mean. So um, kind of seeing that in my friends at Clay helped me to see that in my friends um, at school and just everywhere. And to be able to pray for them earnestly and kind of see how God was moving, even, you know, even if like my friends didn't necessarily see that. So that's probably been the major place where Clay has been really massive. Anything to add very quickly? Um, yeah, I would say um, Clay's been a massive help and small groups have been a really big help. Um, as Charlotte said, just knowing that you have um, a group of people to talk to, I'm a small group leader, Sarah Graham and Laura Douglas, they've been a really big help and a big influence um, on my Christian walk. And um, I've done, outside of Windsor, I've done by teams, that's given me um, the confidence to speak in front of people and just bring Jesus into uh, the conversation and I think having a small group in clay has made me more of an open person and it's made me more vulnerable and then that kind of has carried into everyday life conversations with other people just being able to open up more easily so it's definitely um it's definitely influenced me outside of church just in how I interact with other people Yeah, I don't have much else to add other than 70% of young people lose their faith at university and we've got to really honour Clay and what they've done. The fact that that statistic isn't true for Windsor at all. So, yeah, Great. good job. Uh, we're coming to the end of our conversation. Uh, so one final question before I ask you how we can pray for you guys. Um, it's, it is incredible when you look around how God uses and equips us to care for one another, encourage one another in our faith. Uh, who has God used you in your life that encourage uh, your faith? Yeah, there's a whole list of people that I could mention, but with time constraints and my love of the mic, it's probably not the one to do. So I'm going to just briefly mention my mentor in Durham, my Durham church. I was in Durham for three years, and 
I think when mentoring came to Clay and Windsor, I ducked my head and said, not for me. And that was a massive regret because I have felt so blessed to have my church mentor. It was very much a God thing how we got paired up. His name was Justin and I had met him twice. We were at the same church and in the same sort of cluster, which is about 30 to 40 people, but we'd spoken twice and this was towards the end of the year. And we had this talk on listening to God and hearing from God and they encouraged us to radically do that there and then. And I really felt the sense that God was saying, Daniel, you need to go and ask Justin to be your mentor next year. And I'd spoken to him twice. But you know what? I decided to do it. And I weaved it into our conversation afterwards. And he said, Daniel, you know what? I actually felt that I was kind of called to push into your mentor someone in this room. He didn't use the word mentor, but it was like similar enough to think, wow, this is God really ordaining this. Um, and that has massively shaped my life where we are. He was a worship leader, and I came to him struggling with sung worship. How could a God who knows how deeply my sin runs accept the worship that I offer him with just my words? So we worked through that together for a year and came to various conclusions, various helpful moments. Some of the big ones were on justice. So we looked at verses and passages like Isaiah 1 and Amos 5, about how God calls us to worship him through seeking justice. And the fact that I'm working for Tear Fund now with the dream of going and challenging poverty, I've got to say, Justin, thank you, that was you. He also pushed me in supernatural spiritual gifts, which I hadn't really experienced much of before, but helped me in my connection to God. And also he grew up a missionary in Japan and feels called to future mission. So the fact that we could practically grow together and challenge each other about our dreams of mission was really helpful, a real blessing. And to have someone actually call you out and say, what have you done this week to prepare for mission in 10 years? It was challenging, but it was great. Um, so he's been a big one for me to kind of direct my future, but could have talked about anyone. Great. Um, yeah, I'm similar. There are so many people I could mention, but um, I'm just really grateful for my mentor as well um, from Windsor. That was amazing so Nicola Brown is my mentor and I think she's amazing um, and yeah I just have really great conversations together it's just really good to know that um, she's praying for me and that I can ask her questions about anything and she'll give me good solid advice um, and then I think because of, of such a positive mentoring experience in Windsor um, then that kind of pushed me to kind of seek that out when I got to Newcastle so um, I meet up with Heather, who's in my home group every Monday. And um, it's just, it's great to have um, someone that I can ask challenging questions to and who will kind of ask me um, questions about, about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, and yeah, just that experience is really good to have an older Christian to look up to who's, you know, a little bit ahead of you, but it's not like intimidatingly ahead of you. So yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm going to try to keep this brief because we don't have a lot of time. Um, and there are so many people that I could mention. But um, I'm going to talk about my small group leaders at the minute. There's Sarah Graham and Laura uh, Douglas, and in the past also um, Sarah McCune. But just I don't know if they realize how beneficial it is just to be able to go to two Christians who have a little bit more experience than you and just ask them for advice. I came 
I've came to them about so many different struggles and losses and even the um, struggle I mentioned earlier about leavers and just it's so beneficial just to be able to sit down and then pray with you and read Bible passages and it's not a scolding or telling off or anything like that. It's just talking it through and thinking what is best, what does God want and what is best in his eyes. So I would say they would be um, really beneficial in my walk, yeah. Great. Okay, so how can we as your church family pray for you? Uh, so that's one point. And second point is how can we pray for your generation? Two um, okay, I would say pray for me as I'm at the stage of um, waiting for university. Um, so I want to go to Stramillis, hopefully. So I'm just waiting to hear back from them. So just pray that um, whether I get accepted or rejected or whether I get the grades um that I would just kind of know that it's God's will because I know it's so easy to think even when I'm praying I'll I know I'll be praying Lord please like lead me and where I'm meant to be but also let me go to Shamalis <laughs> um, it's really easy to do that so just that I would just be okay with wherever I go and that I just remember that it's God's plan and what was the second question for your generation okay um just pray for um for strength and for surrounding myself with Christian friends that I that some of my friends with me would also take my stand because I think it is strength in numbers you know if you're if you feel like you're the only person even if all your Christian friends that are taking your stand it can feel quite lonely so um just that yeah me and my Christian friends would take a stand and you know a world that is so not focused on God even in the little things and choices that we make just that um, I'd be able to do that and that people would, um, you know, ask questions and be like, why Why do you make that decision instead of going straight to judging? So, yeah, that would be good. Um, yeah, for me, I guess. Is this on? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, for me, I think mainly praise God that I'm um, just in such a, I don't know, I'm really happy right now and um, I have great friends and a great church and I've kind of got like um, ideas about where I'm going to be next year. I kind of feel secure in that. Um, so yeah, I, ju- I guess just pray for my um, new friends um, at Globe Cafe who are um, just kind of, th- they, you know, they've come from all over the world and pray that I would be... Um, a good friend to them, um, that, that we would grow closer in our friendships, um, and that that would deepen, but that eventually that that would that would be um, that would help them come to Christ, and it wouldn't just be about um, like just I don't know a surface level friendship. It would be deeper than that. Um, and then I guess for a generation, um, I see a lot of people that are really um, r- really kind of caught up in. Um, the world's ideas about um how to how to think um and there's there there are fewer and fewer people that i meet that kind of have their own stance or their own ideas um and especially when it comes to how they see themselves i think um it can be really sad sometimes i just want to like shake them <laughs> um so i think pray for um pray for people my age who can get themselves into really um, difficult spots and isolated um, c- 
places online and also just in the world in terms of ideas and how they think. I don't know. Great. So two things, pray for me, being cheeky. The first is really practical. Um, about kind of plans for next year. I'm not great about thinking forward, so it would be great if God could make that clear, could show me what he wants for my life. And I guess second, slightly related, I like to feel I'm doing things in my own strength. I like to be the boss, but really just pray that I can orientate myself towards God and say, God, you're the boss, kind of more of God, less of me in my life would be just a general prayer. And then not wanting to speak for our entire generation, but I think our generation are one that are really seeking meaning. They're passionate about stuff. They want to feel things, and that's so often misplaced, but actually pray that they, in their searching, will find Jesus and that you will use us, use this room to show them that story. Amen.